Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Anger, resentment, disappointment, frustration. Pick an adjective. Most of them are spot on when we're describing our feelings towards Major League Baseball and the owner's lockout of the players at this moment. For the first time in more than a quarter century, a work stoppage is going to cost us regular season big league baseball games. And it sucks. There's no question this falls in the lap of the owners. What's their motivation? And does anyone believe their collective bottom line is as bad as they say? What does it say that Rockies owner Dick Monfort is out in front of this in one of the faces of the hardline stance? How might that impact the coming season, if there is one? We bring together veteran baseball scout and radio voice Ed Henderson and Denver Post sports columnist Sean Keeler to vent on this edition of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. We're back to get started right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. I think the only word to describe things right now with Major League Baseball is sad. I think that's the best way to describe it. And I think um, every baseball fan, whether you side with the owners or the players, is feeling the same way. Just sad. Now, here on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, we're going to try to focus more on the effect of the Rockies. But we have to start with the big picture. And we welcome in Ed Henderson, longtime scout, uh, radio voice here in Denver, and Sean Keeler for the Denver Post into the discussion today, guys. Big picture wise, I, I, I don't know how the owners can come out and paint this as anything other than a total disaster. And to try to get sympathy from the fans by saying they've been losing money for five years is it's just a terrible way to go about this. And, and Ed, I'll start with you. Does anybody buy into any of that? Well, probably not. Um, and I think Major League Baseball was successful at one thing yesterday and that is putting more distance between themselves and the fans um you know when you look around and you don't have to look hard or far unfortunately in today's world with the awful things going on in ukraine Mm -hmm. and all the things confronting people here at home you know i think major league baseball as an organization as a franchise looks pretty petty uh in the eyes of a lot of fans right now Uh, they look pretty small from the standpoint that they're they're just being i think uh you know, very, very unfortunate in how they're handling this situation. And from my standpoint, uh, my biggest criticism of the whole mess is that they started way too late and, uh, and, and let a lot of valuable time get away from them when we, let's face it, guys, we probably shouldn't be having this conversation right now. No, absolutely not. And, and Sean, the whole idea that you stand up in front of a microphone or you sit down at the negotiating table and the first words out of your mouth is, boy, the last five years have been tough for us. We've been losing a lot of money. When there's so much, there's so much data and so many facts that prove that to be just an outright lie. I, I just, it, it's baffling to me. Yeah, that's a case, you know, and Mark, you know this and, and Ed, you too, where the amount of information in the public domain compared to 20 years ago and even 30 years ago doesn't help them. I, you know, we often, you know, rightfully can, can take a bat to the internet and Google for the, the harm it's done our respective industries mm-hmm. in some cases. And I always say we have more knowledge and less context than ever, but in this case, <laughs> it's, there's so much knowledge out there that you are kind of openly slapping the face of the patrons 
who yeah. been the mortar of your castles, basically. Uh, and, and people and, are so much better informed about the nitty gritty <laughs> than they were a generation ago that when you go out and say, well, we, we were just not making it. This is where yeah. you're crying yeah. poor when the public domain has access to so much more information about your budgets that you won't give to the players. Yeah. And, you know, and, and this comes on the heels of November, which was a spending frenzy, right? They're, they're giving yeah, free agent contracts. Yeah. Put a billion dollars exactly. into players. Right. And, and, you know, including John Gray, who absolutely had not performed to that level to earn that kind of a contract. And yet they're, they're, they were free spending. They're throwing this money out there. And they're saying, here we go. And then they want to turn around and say, well, we don't have the money to pay that. We, we, we need concessions from the players or we need the players to just play under the same owner-friendly guidelines we've been playing on for, for a decade. It just, it's baffling. It's it, baffling. it goes back to my headline from the, my, my column last Sunday, which is how, how dumb do you think we are? Yeah. And, and we're not. The argument of coming back, yeah, players are in the grand scheme of things, air quote, overpaid. So are yeah. a lot of NFL players. So are a lot of entertainers. Actors, they are yeah. entertainers. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is in the medium of, of which the market is dictated. Yep. You know, uh, college football coaches yep. are hugely right. overrated right. relative to their boards and society. Absolutely. But they are part of the entertainment machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of people are also getting more wise to that than a generation ago. It doesn't mean you like it. I right. think they have a better understanding of that. I've gotten a few, uh, you're playing a kid's game, millionaires against yeah. millionaires. You uh, still run into that. And yeah. I sympathize with that. And they're right. But that's not germane to this argument specifically. Well, they're right in one respect. Um, there are 30% of Major League Baseball players that can be classified as millionaires. 30%. Not, so it's not millionaires against billionaires. In fact, the players, as we all know, are, are really fighting for the, the, the minimum salary rate, wage, the younger guys to get paid earlier in their careers, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's the nuts and bolts of it. But the bottom line is that it's just not – it's resulting in no baseball. And what does no baseball – if it extends past the first week and, and before we started recording, we, we talked about how if they miss six games or five games to start the season, if they do get this done and that's all it's been, those games can be made up if the owners want to make them up. That happened in 1990 when I was part of this. We made the games up and we played a full 162 games. So it can be done. I don't know if the owners want to do it because that's more salary they have to pay. But what's it going to mean to this community to miss baseball, to miss opening day against the Dodgers? Well, I think that's the the key thing, Mark, is that people look forward to this. And, you know, the fans have had to put up with a lot this last few years. Uh, You know, you had the COVID situation in 2020 and and people last year finally getting to get into the ballpark again and getting excited about baseball and opening day, a a nice tradition. It's fun for fathers and mothers to take their kids out of school and go down and just even if they're not going to the game to be downtown and feel all of that. Yep. And, and that gets taken away or at least postponed. And I, I agree they can make these games up. But the problem is that, you know, the reality right now is we have no idea how the talks are going to go. I know Manfred True. was saying yesterday that they hope to resume talks tomorrow, I think, in New York or New Jersey um, with the Players Association. But is that going to be meaningful discussion or is there just going to be more gum flapping and, and acrimony yeah. between the two sides? That was their final offer they made yesterday, though, remember? This is our final offer, yeah. as Regis yeah. would say. Ed, um, Dick Mofford has been given a, a lead role in these negotiations. Um, I Listen, we all understand that 2020 was – and even most of 20 – a lot of 2021 was rough. No fans in the stands. You lost $100 million in 2020. Everybody in the world lost money in 2020. 
well, not everybody, Jeff Bezos didn't, but you know, uh, to, you got to believe that the all-star game made them whole. It had to make the Rockies whole again, getting the all-star oh. game last year. And, and then they have a, a good second half and they have good attendance and they have, a, but he gets put in this lead negotiating role. And, and the first thing he does is sit down at the table with the owner players and say, you know, there are a lot of teams that aren't making much, aren't doing very well financially. And we could make more money if we put this money into the stock market. Does that to me, and I wrote about this this week. If I, and we know he wants Chris Bryant to be a, to be a Colorado Rocky. I, I'm told if, the, if, the, if this gets settled, Chris Bryant is, is the, the number one target for the Rockies as a free agent. He's still a free agent. If you're Chris Bryant, do you want to play for Dick Monfort? Was that question for me or for no, Sean? No, for Sean. For Sean. When, he, when he's done laughing. I, if I have a ch- – it depends on who else wants me. Yeah. If I can go to a team that's actually going to be in the postseason, no. Uh, absolutely not. I think this is – as someone relatively new to the market, and you guys have probably right. been through this too to some degree, it's amazing how many people have come up to me and said – you know, one of the Rockies' problems is there's this idea that that it's that Siberia clubhouse of yeah. where you don't want to go, and that's what get un, gets unsaid. You know, there's a bit of a Detroit Lions, Houston Texans mm-hmm. feel to that of this is where careers go to not to die, but to just get <laughs> glossed over yeah. on the national scene. And when you had it, a thing like the All Star Game last year, which is great, and yep. Was, wonderful in a lot of levels it reminded me how so few of those national important baseball people we never see oh yeah we absolutely see them all the time in the nfl yep. because the broncos are a pivotal top 10 franchise yep. in terms of marketing ratings etc yep. uh championships where, where it matters what they do the rockies or the texans right you know they're just there yeah. uh and and so it, it doesn't sink home as much until you get a showcase event like that and realize a how small the press box is now b yeah no how, kidding yeah, yeah when all those especially when all those because nobody's here to cover it because yep. nobody cares on a national scene so no chris bryant doesn't want to be a colorado rocky if that is his first choice and unfortunately for a lot of the a-listers you're gonna get that all the way down and what happened with you know this is a totally different rabbit hole but what happened with nolan arenado and trevor story and lance leaked down back to tulo and what i understand of the history there yep there's a bad rap for that clubhouse and brightage had a lot to do with that but the ownership and the structure therein has a lot to do with yeah i mean taking and and for him to take a, a, a front page role in all this makes him look like a bad guy doesn't it if you're a player i mean this is the one it's like jerry reinsdorf back in the day when i was playing he was the guy from the from the white Sox that nobody wanted know that the players respected because he was the hawk the hardline owner he was the bad guy no one wanted to play for reinsdorf crumbs kraus and all that business with jerry kraus obviously i'm going into sean's territory there but um, that's what Dick Monfort to me, that's where he's putting himself right now. He's not putting himself as a player friendly guy that guys want to be around. Is that fair, Ed? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think the reality is, is that, you know, Dick has made it clear, I think over the years and, and, and I think all three of us would have seen this where, you know, his, his interaction with the fans and interaction with the media has yeah. been less than wonderful. And I think, unfortunately here, it's carried over to the negotiations yeah. with the players and, Yep. You know, to Sean's point, I think he made some very good points there. I, I, 
you know, you go back and you look at the situation with Arnado, Tulowitzki, LeMahieu, uh, you could probably name a few other guys that, that left here under ideal circumstances. And, and you and I and everybody that, that hears this knows that stuff gets talked about. The players yeah, yeah, share that absolutely. information. So, you know, as well as the Rockies did with the, uh, with the All-Star game last summer, and I give them high marks for that. I yeah. thought they did a wonderful job. Agreed. But I want to go back to something Sean said, too, and that is that, you know, that, that game was in July, and you had a lot of Major League brass both from the owner's side and the player's side here yes, in town. Why in the hell did they not use that as an opportunity to at least meet briefly over that three or four day weekend and, and kind of lay out an agenda that would have kept them on a path of, of getting some action done on this rather than waiting until almost the 11th hour or, or waiting until the 11th hour to start these discussions and then acting surprised that it all fell apart. Well well said, Ed, Uh, I I applaud from, from a distance on that. This, the bottom line with this guys is for more than two years, probably three years. And Mark, we've talked about this at various yep. CSU events yep. uh, when not arguing about big 10 football. Uh, <laughs> and you never want us going down that rabbit hole. No. We'll, be, we'll be fighting in Dublin. We'll be fighting in Dublin. Next wrong, August. wrong Mark, web, <laughs> wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Uh, is that both sides have been stealing for a fight. This, yeah. this has been, this is, they're terrible analogies in the context of world events right now. Yep. So I will avoid them. And you have to be careful to avoid them in the media because there mm-hmm. are bigger things in play in the real world. Correct. People's lives are being ruined yep. across Correct. the globe. Um, and, and we're all going to feel a ripple effect from that too. So we have to keep that relative scale. But let's just leave out the three-letter word that starts with a W and ends with an AR and say fight. This, this fight has been stealing for a long, long time. And, and the pandemic year gave us, unfortunately, a sad preview, as we all predict, yeah. of what yeah. was to come. Yeah. Um, and you guys know this on the player side and from the team side. Uh, for, was it the licensing money? The, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a baseball card nerd, too. Yep. That they had been, been pocketing the tops money sure. and, the, and, the, and the licensing deal mm-hmm. to be ready for it was a five-year right. wait that they withheld yep. mm-hmm. that money to be ready for this event. Yep. Uh, I think everybody knew this was going to be. Well, that, that's been, Sean, that's been common practice all along. I, I, when I was playing, we still did that. They still kept, they created a strike fund for players by holding back our, our licensing money, which was, was, and now Marvin Miller started that process. So that's nothing new. Uh, listen, Tony Clark was here over the break, as you guys both mentioned. Uh, I got a chance to spend some time with him. We had an alumni gathering and I, afterwards I slided over and I spent some time talking to him. And I, I asked him actually during a group session um, about the rule changes that, that are being proposed. And he was quick to point out that those were not, those are not collectively bargained. What's being collectively bargained is when the owners can implement those rules, not if they can. The players would like them to wait a couple of years after proposing them before they do it. The owners can do it the year right now, one year, one year they could say, we want to move the mound back to 61 feet and the next year they can put it in without the player's approval, which was very, very stunning. But somebody else asked him, I think Steve Garvey asked him about, about Rob Manfred. Uh, does Rob Manfred like baseball? Which I think we've all asked that asked ourselves that question from time to time. Does Rob Manfred like baseball? And Steve Garvey asked him that question. And he, he said, this was his quote. He said, when I first met Rob Manfred, I, 
he introduced himself. He said, I'm, I'm a transactional attorney. Those were his words, transactional attorney. So baseball's got a transactional attorney as their commissioner. Now, again, when I played, and I hate to go back, keep going back to that, but we had Don Fear and Gene Orza, our, our, our shark lawyers, right? Our hardcore lawyers, our Marvin Miller protégés. And the other side had, you know, didn't really have a lead. They had their lead owner, but they didn't know what they were doing. They weren't lawyers. They didn't know what they were doing. Uh, when Bud took over, and and most people don't like Bud Selig. Think I think Bud Selig's the best ba- commissioner baseball's ever had. To be quite honest with you, it's not a high it's not a high bar to to, to cover, but no. compared to everybody else, I think he's the best commissioner baseball's ever had. Right? Um, maybe Bart Giamatti would would be that if they hadn't cut his legs out from under him before he could could do some good things for the game. Bud tried to do what was right for the game of baseball. Uh, and you had the lawyers attacking the guy who was the one was trying to protect the game. Now you have the reverse. Now you have Tony Clark, the player, trying to protect competitive balance and trying to say there should be an incentive for teams to win, which is absolutely absent right now. There is no incentive for teams to try to win. They get money, as Sean, as you pointed out, they make money before anybody ever puts a butt in a seat. So yep. what, where is their incentive to, to try to win games? You don't have to win to make money. And that's the, the union's main problem right now. Um, and that's what Tony Clark was, was spelling out to us. And I think I, I said this to somebody last night. If you had Tony Clark and Bud Selig, this wouldn't have ever got to this point. We'd have got this done a long time ago. Maybe at the maybe after the All-Star break, like you said, Ed. Yeah, you know, I, I think that my impression of, of Rob Manfred is that uh, he is a lawyer, first and yep. foremost. Yep. I'm not a fan of his. I quite frankly think that once this process concludes, that uh, he ought to step aside or, or the owners just fire him. I, 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 I would like to see him gone because I think they, uh, going back to your discussion regarding uh, Bud Selig. Yeah. I mean, Bud had to wrestle with some tough stuff during his tenure, steroids being the primary one. But uh, you know, from, from my point of view, I think he always had the, 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 the best interest of the game at heart. Absolutely. I have never felt that about Rob Manfred. I think Rob Manfred has his own best interest at heart. I think he's he's a first and foremost a lawyer. I think he's probably got some political ambitions somewhere, and um, and and baseball's just you know where he's sitting right now. I yeah. I don't get the sense that he has a true love of the game or respect for the traditions of the game, and I think it's come out loud and clear in, in how he's you know managed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to be a, a part of the failure of this whole uh, process. But he works for the own, he works for the owners Ed, um, and Sean, he's not going anywhere as long as they like what he's doing. Right. But Bud is a, Bud. if you melt, melted Bud down, Bud was still a baseball fan. Bud Absolutely. Former season Braves. ticket holder for the, yeah, right. for the winter Milwaukee Braves. Braves. Yep. Yeah. Winter Braves games, you know, grew up with all of that. You, mm-hmm. there was, a, there was enough of that, that, that you knew. And you know, if we had the history that if push came to shove, the game meant something to him for what, for all absolutely the good and the bad. It's, it's, yep. it's a complicated legacy right? Uh, to put it mildly. Um, yeah. Rob, Rob Manfred is just a shill yep. <laughs> is a vessel yep. for, for a fight. And, and he, he was, he was a hawk uh, who, who, who played himself off as a dove uh, for this moment. In a way, it almost feels like he was brought in as a cudgel no. to, to, to break this union, to, to try to play a hard line so that baseball could keep pushing back on the control that it, that uh, yeah. a lot of the owners have felt that they've lost. I think if you mm-hmm. melted, you know, we talk about melting down, you guys have seen the Grinch 
movie or or the yep. car, the old cartoon or at least yep. read the book. If 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 you melted uh, Rob Manfred down, I think you'd you'd get the worst of Roger Goodell. Uh, yeah. You know, as much as I, I <laughs> Goodell is sort of this kind of bland, yeah, kind of face of the Shield, the Shield, uh, and and Rob Manfred is like evil, bizarro Roger Goodell, uh, without even just a little bit of hug the players at the draft heart. It's, yeah, I mean, I can tell you this: the the last work stoppage in 1995, 1995 really hurt Bud Seeley personally. It hurt him; he was wounded by that. Rob Manford steps out there yesterday and smiling smiles in front of and tells people it's been a hard five years for, for the industry, which is utter a lie. It's utter nonsense. Yeah, he's reading off the cue cards. Did you see the wire photo of him doing his golf swing no, in between? No. Uh, oh, it's no, it's just... easily Googleable. That's I think Dan Zaborski or one of my compatriots tweeted out. Yeah. Here's Rob Manford taking a break for the sport he cares about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 well, really it, it's been a lot. And guys, let's remember, he was legal counsel for MLB a number of years ago yep. when he when he used to complain about wasting a weekend to attend the Hall of Fame ceremonies. I mean, yeah. that that tells you pretty much all yeah. you need to know. Well, but you know what? He also he, he and Dick Mofford have a, are very close. Right. Obviously, that's part of the reason Rockies got the All-Star game last year. Rob Manford likes Dick Mofford's model where the business, the, the profit. <laughs> listen. I, I, it's true though. No, you're right. No, you're the, the, right. it is pro- profit before product, and I think that has permeated down throughout almost every one of these owners. Are are the anti Pat Bolin? Pat Bolin was a yeah. put on a good product, and the profits will follow. These guys are put out. Let's make profit, and the product will. So what? We'll put oh. four, we'll put half the teams in Major League Baseball in the playoffs, and everybody will be happy. I, I just there's not enough. It's not just Rob Manford. It's the people who he works for. They all share that same mindset that this is just an event for people to go to and, and congregate at. Whatever happens on the field happens. Yeah, we're all right with that. We don't need to try to have a bunch of teams I, trying to win. I, I laugh because you're absolutely right. And I think the owners look at the Rockies as a model franchise. Yes, they do. See that? They do. Because not because it's a a good team. Because it's been a fantastic business, right? Because it's like everything else, they get out the bot, they get out the spreadsheets and say, "You want a business? Run it like those this. guys." Yes. Go, yeah, but and they go, "What? Yeah, but look at those returns." Yep. Have yeah. you seen that for the exactly. overhead? They think the Rockies are the model club, and yeah. Dick Monford, therefore, to go back to keeping it local, yep. thinks he is a model owner. When yep. we look at him or Kiz looks at him, especially Kiz, and says, what are you doing? You, yep. You're a moron. This is not how you run a baseball team. Uh, He's been sitting how- in meetings for 10 years being told, you are exactly what we want no, to be. It's, you are it. But see, you brought a point. This is not how you run a baseball team, but it is how you run a business. They do everything <laughs> right except on the field. Right? They do everything <laughs> right. The, the rooftop, for all the grief they got, how come they don't spend that money on a pitcher? The rooftop was a stroke of genius. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. fantastic. And they're surrounding Coors Field now with McGregor Square. They're making that whole thing a place to be. Lodo was a dump before that place came into existence. And they have they have created a, a, a circumstance there where the product is secondary to the experience. And I think you're right, Sean. That's what all the owner, other owners want as well. Where we Pretty soon they don't want to have to spend any money on players. Uh, you know, we'll just get a bunch of newbies every year, run them out after three years, and 
Free agents after six years, pff, we'll cut them all by that point. I mean, right. the, the hotel and the restaurant yeah. will pay for everything. And, yeah. and the betting and the betting parlor will pay for everything. Okay, so now, now with this halted, Ed, with things on hold, what does that do to Dick Monfort's master plan for Lodo and Coors Field? What, what happens now with no games at that point? I mean, we saw he lost $100 million in, in the COVID year. Uh, if there's no baseball now, where did he go? What did he do? Well, I think the damage to him and the, and the organization is limited as long as you don't uh, you don't have a protracted uh, stoppage here. But if 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 we're still talking about this a month from now and now you're looking at perhaps an opening day of June 1st rather than April 7th. Now, now those mistakes come home to roost. Now, now you're losing money because you're not getting right. the fans in the hotel. They're not coming downtown to eat in the restaurants They're there and, and I agree with you guys what you just said. There's many a night I've been at Coors Field when I've thought the fans, especially up in the rooftop area, you know, they're not true baseball fans. A lot of them, they're no. just people that come for the entertainment. Yep. You you could have you could have a cockfight or a tractor pulled down on the field, <laughs> and, and and they're they're not going to care, you know. Okay. So yeah. I I think it, the bottom line to the thing, guys, is the bottom line. I mean, it it goes to this: if if the work stoppage continues on for an extended period of time, everybody gets hurt. Um, you know, the, the folks at Coors Field, the McGregor Square, as well as a lot of other independent businesses and restaurants downtown. So let's hope that's not the case. Hey, hey, Sean, they could, they could, there's one thing that, that changed early last year when COVID was, was kind of waning first part of last season, the sports betting industry got heavily, more heavily involved in baseball. And Tony Clark mentioned this at our, at our meeting. He said, listen, you won't hear, and this was in what, mid-July, you won't hear any more words from Major League Baseball about the length of games. They're done talking about that because the sports betting industry doesn't care. They don't, they don't mind a four-hour game or four-and-a-half-hour game because there's more things to bet on. There's more wagers to make. So you, Major League Baseball suddenly stopped caring about the length of their games and, oh, we're losing fans because the games take a They don't care. So if that's the case, and I believe that to be true, you're losing those sponsor dollars by not playing baseball games. Vegas isn't paying you money right now while you're not playing. Is that incentive for the owners to get this done? All the sponsor yeah. dollars they're losing? Yeah, the short answer is yeah. I think there are two things that pull this together and pull this back. And we're going to bring it back to our beloved beloved college sports. And I mentioned okay. that in the column today. And, and that is the gambling revenue. Yep. Uh, because it, the content, three things. I'm going to, this, this is turning into the uh, the Spanish Inquisition sketch from okay. Monty Python. It's early, guys. Yes. Three things. Three, sir. Four, four, four things. Classic. Classic. God rest Terry Jones. Yes, yes. Uh, Agree. So yeah, there there's the gambling. There are the RSNs that are owned by the teams who are missing content, uh, which is TV, which was my third point. But more importantly, at some point, Fox and Turner and ESPN yes. tell them, and this is back to the college football where the yep. tail wags the dog. Right. Says, you will do this, or or we, we put will, you, or we, we put you in the, the we put you in the comfy chair. Yeah, we'll put you in the comfy chair. Well, well, well played. Yes, thank well, you. Michael Palin there. Oh, so, yes. Oh, uh, yes. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll hit you with the pillows. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll take our money back. Yeah. Uh, because the one thing they don't want to do is give money back. Yep. So ultimately, this if I, if I have confidence that this will get resolved, it will be because some network suited Disney says, yep. you must get this yes. resolved. 
and you must get this resolved with that additional playoff round. We don't care if it's 12 or 14. Yeah. You must have it. And Tony Clark and the players know that too. Right. And they will say, if you want this to get your billion cashed yep. or not have to refund anything, we must have X. Yeah, that and makes perfect sense. sense. Okay, let's talk about the Rockies on the field. Uh, I know it's not it's not the big news, but right now this is a, a, a is a hundred loss roster right now as as things stand. Right, they're, they're no story. Yeah, it's yeah. a hundred loss roster. Um, they allegedly are going to go and try to make a little bit of a free agent splash again. Chris Bryant is the target, I'm told. Uh, maybe uh, Kyle Schwarber, but in Florida, yeah, yeah, whatever, something um, <laughs> to make this make it look like they're trying to win when they're trying to. Uh, you know, rebuild from the farm system, which they've been trying to do for 30 years and haven't done successfully yet. Um, is this team, when they come back and if they're bad, will these lingering feelings from the lockout continue to harm them maybe at the gate? Ed, what do you think? Are people going to show up when they bring, when they come back to play? Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of it, Mark, boils down to how soon that happens. Um, Fair. Again, I think you've got a different demographic than you had, as you and Sean have talked about, you know, over the last 20 years, you've got so many other different entertainment options now that I, I think the hardcore fans probably will hang in there with them and, mm -hmm. and will probably, for the most part, uh, stick around. Uh, some of the younger folks who perhaps are not as married to the game as, as the three of us and, and others are, um, I'm not so sure. And I, I think it may hurt them at the gate. I think certainly they've done enough over the last few years to severely damaged their reputation and i think yep. their reputation is going to hurt them at the gate because you know i i think you can look back over what they've done or more importantly not done uh in the last several months you know there was an opportunity we talked about the the mad spending there prior to december 1st yep there were some guys out there that the rockies could have and should have gone after like chris um, bryant chris bryant was one of them yep. I, I you mentioned kyle schwarber Yep. Um, Mark Melanson was a guy that I was hoping they'd go after from the yep. standpoint that he would help to be a big piece of the back end of that bullpen. But, you know, their, their reluctance to, to move forward on things. And I think they, I, I can't remember what comedy show it was that used to use the slogan, we're minutes ahead when seconds count. And, and I think, that's unfortunately, good. I like that. <laughs> I, I, I think that, unfortunately that's where the Rockies find themselves is that, you know, they, 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 it's all in limbo. We, does anybody really know what's going to happen with Trevor story? We don't know. Nope. So, you know, it, there's a lot of questions around what the product on the field will look like. We, we know the entertainment's there. We know being at Coors field is a fun place to be, but at some point, I think you got to have a product on the field. that's going to sell. It, you know, uh, Sean, if you're Sean, if you're a Rocky season ticket holder, what are you thinking right now? Um, well, I'm furious, but I've been furious for, for, years upon yep. it's been like you said the three years yep. of indignity yep. uh and and the and the arenado thing leading into the pandemic yep. uh I, I i i'm always amazed that people renew and come back but to to ed's points and to your question earlier i'm i'm gonna be a, a little dark here and say i'm not sure it affects it as much as it probably should hmm. because yeah. it is the entertainment yeah. it's not it is the thing that they grasp it's not about the team. It's about the entertainment. And I think I read somewhere, gentlemen, and you guys have probably seen this, maybe it was a year ago, that uh, 
Denver had either the first or the second most um, tracked new millennials moving in, people between the ages of yeah. 24 and 39. Um, and and I've, hoped, I've been pitching this to go back to at our place about who are the most popular teams that transplants root for, if that makes sense. Um, I, 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 they don't care. The people who go to Rockies games, I think it, it gets kind of divided in thirds. I think they're a third who are really good and they're smart and I've met them and they're great hardcore. I'm there since Eric Young hit that first home run and got yep. to see Mark Knutson play fans. Uh, um, yeah. I, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Grumble, 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 grumble. <laughs> and, and I, and I think there's a third of them that are tourists and I think there are a third of them that are Dodgers, Cubs and Cardinals fans. Yeah. that are just there to drink. Um, yeah. And, and, and maybe I've got some of those percentages wrong, and maybe that second group is, is in the, the just-there-to-drink group. And I think two-thirds of those people will be there no matter what. And here's the disappointing and part. Here's the dis- yeah. most disappointing part of that analogy to me. Dick Mofford doesn't care about that, as long as they're in the seats. Doesn't, yeah, care, doesn't, doesn't really care who they're rooting color. for. I would say they don't care what color they wear. Yeah, you know, exactly. It should be a purple stadium, yeah. and for the playoffs and those big games, it is. Yep. But 80% of the time, it's not. I, I want to be those people too. I don't. I want to be fair to him, to Dick, because I consider Dick a friend, and I'd argue with him right now if he was sitting here with me. He wants to win. I, I know he wants to win. I know that, and I know he uh, thinks he's doing the right thing, and he's done a lot of good things, especially obviously on the business side. But the the, the stubbornness is 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 a problem. The, the idea this is I know how to do this. This is my way. I'm going to fix this. Oh, I alone can fix this. Is maddening, right? It's it just Dick. It doesn't work. Okay. It doesn't, what you're doing does not translate to a successful team on the field. You can build a meatpacking business this way. You can maybe put your thumb down on the meatpackers union or whatever it is you did before in that business. But in the end, if you want to win, you've got to do things differently. And unfortunately, he doesn't seem willing to do that. Now, having said that, they are doing analytics this year. They, are, they have opened up an analytics department. So if we ever have games, uh, we might see a little bit different approach for the Rockies from that standpoint, which is something to look forward to. But uh, overall, you know, the whole, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't think he thinks it's broke. Well, Mark, let me, let me weigh in on that. I, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it's, you know, since Kelly McGregor left here, yep. Um, yep. you know, and, and Kelly's position really not filled until Greg Fiesel was named as well, the yeah. president of the Dick, ball club, right? Dick was handling that job himself until then, yeah. So, but, but I think on the baseball operations side, what I've been exceedingly disappointed with, with this ball club, is that there have been capable, qualified people that would have had an interest in coming here. Um, I, I, several years ago, proposed to Dick that they get uh, a guy like Dave Dombrowski to come in here and take over the, you know, the, as president of baseball operations. Yep. And what, what I think is a mistake is the misuse of, of certain functions Yep. And and quite frankly, guys, I would have preferred to have seen Clint Hurdle come in in a much more um, executive role than 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 what he has or at least what he appears to have. Now, maybe mm-hmm. that will come in time. Right. But I think, you know, owners ought to be owners. They ought to, you know, learn from guys like Steinbrenner that, you know, you, you run in the first year, you're a bull in a china shop, you own the ball club, you're changing this, you're firing Billy Martin, you're hiring him back tomorrow. All of that yep. foolishness. I think Steinbrenner and the smart owners caught on to it and they figured out, hey, I need to be sitting up in my box 
sitting there entertaining guests and enjoying the game and let somebody who knows what the hell they're doing as far as baseball goes running the operation. And that's the thing that I think has been consistently missing with the Rockies. Because you'd have to pay another salary. Honest to God, exactly. that's why he doesn't want to do it. You'd have to pay Dave Dombrowski a lot of money. One of, one of Dick Monfort's problems on the baseball side um, is that he thinks he's Charlie Finley. Mm, yeah. And yeah. the problem there is is that he's Charlie Finley. Yeah. It, it, without yeah. without a, those guys yeah. that, that, that scouted yeah. and made that thing happen. Yeah. And you, can't, you, you can do that. But you can't do that anymore. And that goes back to the idea that they run a good business, but they don't run a good business. You know, I, I wish to God the late Pat Bowen was here right now with us and we could get his input on this because he knew how to do this. He was the model owner. He knew how to do this. If they would take his counsel, uh, they could get this settled. And that's that's the sad part about it. Hey, guys, I appreciate the talk very much. I wish we didn't have to go this way. I wish we could talk about what's going on in the field, but obviously we can't at the moment. But I do appreciate both your insights. Um, on this program, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll have you back again under better circumstances. But uh, in the meantime, try to stay busy with some with, with something else. I know Ed, you got college games, high school games. I got high school games to coach. You got games to watch. Sean, you got football to worry about, right? In March Madness, God in March willing. Madness, absolutely. Your Rammies, Here we go. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Fingers hey, crossed. It's been there. a pleasure, guys. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next Thanks. time. And that, that'll wrap up this edition of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, we have some better news for you next time. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube.